listening to It's Time to Thrive podcast. You're listening to It's Time to Thrive podcast. Hey Slayers, I'm Sasha Chantel. And I'm Sian Raymond. And we are Women Who Slay, the female empowerment and personal development brand that helps you to slay your limited mindset and win at life. And you're listening to the It's Time to Thrive podcast, our weekly show where we share coaching tips, insights, and host occasional guest speakers, all geared to help you thrive in all areas of your life. Those are the two exciting things that we're working on over the next few weeks and you will be hearing more about it not only on our website but on our social media platforms as well so wherever you follow us on make sure you keep an eye out for that so this week we're having another exciting topic one that we're very very um passionate about and it's five ways to dismiss negative thinking and the reason why i'm really passionate about that is because it is something personally that i've had to deal with for myself and work through it's been something but we that has all have, Yeah. We all have negative think, thoughts. We all do, but I think some people have it worse in, in than others, and it depends on the situation. So for me, it got kind of worse during lockdown, and that could have been for most other people. But during lockdown, I had more time to think. So you have more time to think, and if you're an overthinker like I am, then you start to overthink all the things that you've been thinking about all the other times, but now you have more time to do it which then can increase your limited, your negative thinking. And that was what happened to me. Some people didn't get that way during lockdown. No. Some people had the business opposite was effect. Yeah. I can't great time. say the same thing for myself. So I, we thought that this would be a good topic to talk about because we seriously do relate to it. And I'm very sure so many of you relate to it as well. So the first thing we want to talk about in the five ways to dismiss negative thinking is number one, which is to monitor your thoughts so it can sometimes feel impossible to do self-reflection on this topic because we often don't pay attention to our own words or body language and one helpful way to gauge your level of self-defeat is attitude and negativity is to create a chart with two sides now how it works is on one side you write out all the positive thoughts that they are having on the other side you write out all the negative thoughts you're having you'll be amazed at how much negativity the average person keeps in their head when you see it on paper it probably will overwhelm you because the chances are you have more on the negative side than you do on the positive side. But the whole point of that activity is that once you can see what your thoughts are like on paper, you can actively take steps to change them. And that's how it really works. So I've done something similar in my journal and it's something that we actually do actively promote. See, and how do you feel about it? Do you, would you actually do that? Or is there other ways to monitor that's your thoughts? That's an excellent way to monitor your thoughts. And the thing is, once you, once you catch yourself thinking a negative thought, mm-hmm. you can instantly replace it. And that's the, that's the key, is to catch yourself doing that limited thought, that negative thought, and when you do it, replace it straight away. Exactly. The point of this is not to dwell in a place of negativity. Mm-hmm. Which is very, very easy to do. But this activity is really good, and it will help you to start to put into action and make changes quite quickly. So that is our number one way of dismissing negative thinking. Number two is my favourite one actually so exercising 
I have always said, and I know, I mentioned this to Sian before we started recording, that I always say exercising is the key, but I'm just speaking from not a scientific way or whatever. I'm talking from a point of view where my entire life, from when I started doing exercise as a kid... When she was 10. Through my mum. We did Jane Fonda videos and so forth. Going back in time for those who know this age. We were very active then. We We used to play tennis. We We used to go for long, long walks. Exactly. And we started jogging as well. And we just found that exercising and keeping active always boosted us. It always put us in a good headspace. So... Getting your body moving is great for changing your mood and your thoughts. You don't have to run a marathon or do anything super excessive. You can just step out of your day-to-day activity, go for a walk, jump rope, go um, start dancing. Dancing around your front room is really good. Dancing around your front room is a popular one. I went out um, to lunch with my friend or dinner, should I say, and he talked about how he overcomes his limited thinking. And he said to me, he puts on his favourite playlist and he dances around his house. He doesn't care what happens, who hears him, whatever. He dances and sings and it just seriously makes his mood change completely instantaneously. So it's something that we actively pro... I do. Yeah. I definitely do, <laughs> especially when I'm cleaning. I'll put on my music See, and that helps me... Always puts on her headphones and sings... <laughs> gardening. Top of her vocal range in the house and I'm always shouting, be quiet, but really... It's cathartic. It helps yeah, her it get through help. a very mundane task. So not only does it help to overcome limited thinking and how you're thinking negatively, it also completely just changes your mood and makes it a 360. And that's why exercise is such a great tool to help you change that mindset. So number three, we are going through this quite fast, but I think it's because it's just something that is quite easy for us and something mm. we actively practice. So next one is practicing gratitude. Again, I have a gratitude book. Sian has a gratitude journal and book. And we put in there things that we are grateful for. There's also one that I've started again recently, which is if you are from the Christian faith, and you might not be, but it's something that I've been using. Um, Joe Olstein has a book called I Declare. And in there, it has questions and things you declare over your day each day and your life each day. And it just helps to set your day up and make you feel, say what you're grateful for and what things you are anticipating coming into your life. So you're giving thanks for things that are coming into your life as well. And it's a great way to start the day positive. Yeah. Giving gratitude, practicing gratitude. And yes, reading I Declare is an amazing book. It's so good. It's an amazing book to read every single day. It's one of those books keeps that you... keeps you focused. Exactly. It keeps you centred. I like the idea of being centred. And positive. Because I find that my mornings can become quite stressful. And it's just down to technology. That's a whole other podcast, but really by starting to, reaching out for that book and starting to do it in the morning, it's helping to give me clarity, calm my thoughts and make me more positive. So really, if you've got any other tools that you want to use or books that you reach for to help you be positive and give gratitude, make sure you use that. So with the whole idea of gratitude, if making a list of your thoughts was the first step to recognising the negative outcome problems... Building a positive list can be the first step towards solving it. So you make a list of all the things you're grateful for. And it can be a very simple list. It could be, I'm thankful for my bed. I'm thankful for my car. I'm thankful for my kids. I'm grateful thankful for, for my breath. That I'm breathing. Right, I'm thankful for my Your food. sight. Exactly. My hearing, my, my ability. It goes on and on. And as simple as it sounds, just the whole, when you start to revisit and look at that list, you see how much things are going right for you compared to what things are not going right. And it'll help you to appreciate things that much more. Yeah, it'll help you to appreciate the abundance in mm-hmm. your life. Because remember, abundance is not just about having wealth. 
it's a great part of it. Yeah. But abundance is being grateful and thankful for every little thing you have in, in your life. I mean, we're able to get up in the morning mm-hmm. and we take it for granted that, you know, we go to bed every night and we wake up. But a lot of people don't wake up. Do you know what? Right. It's not being morbid. It's being no, honest. It's a lot of people don't wake up. Um, some people are not grateful for their age as they as we grow older, but I've yes. always seen it as a gift. A blessing to reach. I know a lot of people milestone. that have um, passed away at a young age and, and never got to see my age. Mm-hmm. So I am always thankful for my age. That's really important. Yeah. And you know what? It makes me think about in the daytime, don't know if we're, who's at home and works from home, but I do, and I actively, actively see adverts on TV. And there's one that always comes on every single day, but it does make me think differently about my sight. So it's about a woman who was trained to be a nurse. And as soon as she was about to um, graduate and become a nurse, the day she was meant to get her graduation um, certificate and so forth was the day that she went blind and lost her sight. So her whole life changed. She couldn't be a nurse anymore. And every time I watch that advert, I just think, wow, I take my sight for granted. I expect to wake up every day and be able to see and be able to hear and be able to walk. And actually, people go to bed and wake up and these things are not there in the morning. That happens to thousands of people around the world, if not millions, who knows? But at the end of the day, it's not something we should take for granted. So give thanks for these things. Thank, put it down on paper how grateful you are for your eyes, your ears, your feet and everything else. Because these things... Many people lose in a heartbeat. Just like that, it's gone. So it does make you appreciate things that more deeper when you write it down. Yeah, I'm always grateful for the fact that I have a washing machine. Because it's important for hand wash. <laughs> uh, I mean, you're laughing, but... No, it's in, true. In, in the other part of the world. It overwhelms me. That's why to even think you know, about life running about water, it. Running water. There's people having to walk 10, 15 miles for a bucket of water And even day. with the internet, yeah. right? I take for granted when I get up and I'm yeah. on my modem and I'm saying, it's not working and my internet's not connecting. And then I think, you know, to have internet at home is a blessing. To have computers at home and to do what I want like that is a blessing because some people do not have computers still, do not have Wi-Fi and have to go to outside sources to actively use it or haven't got use for connection at all. They have no access to internet facilities. So these are things that I call it first world problems that we think about and just Mm. dismiss. But actually these things are important and we have to add value to them and remind ourselves of how important they are in our life. Yeah, I myself, I've always taken um, a negative approach. I say I used to. Mm -hmm. Uh, quick clarification of of the internet. Yeah, <laughs> and now it's 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 changed every... our life because our business is run through, through the, the internet. internet. We do face to face coaching, but we do things remotely also, and lots of our social media and how we promote our brand and how we develop and grow and how we put this podcast out to you guys is all done through the internet. And without it, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. So we are very grateful for the whole the technology that we have. One at our last tips. One last thing I wanted to point out about um, gratitude. Um, I remember the days before the COVID lockdown, the COVID nineteen mm-hmm. lockdown. I would go through the supermarket and <laughs> everyone would be rushing about, and there would be people complaining about, "Oh, that's not there, that's not there," and you know, really getting you know, frustrated. And I used to look at them and I used to think to myself, "I wonder what would happen one day." If we didn't have if that. If we didn't, if they didn't have all the food and all the stuff. All the brands that we want. For all the food they've got on their shelves. They were always, I would always hear someone complaining about what's not there it for them. It was probably them. me complaining about what's not there. <laughs> and then one day. Then it wasn't just there like anymore. That, you was 
yeah, and I, I mean, and I, you were forced to reach for brands that you exactly. were ignoring before. Exactly. And it makes me think about me and Sian running around Aldi and Lidl trying to find flour and being very picky about what flour <laughs> we had. And then all of a sudden grabbing whatever bag we could find <laughs> of, of flour and not caring what brand it was and what make. Who cared? We just needed it. Exactly. And it forced you to be grateful for what you could access exactly. and have. We started being grateful. We started showing more... And more more be more thankful for what we had instead of com- always complaining about what we didn't. And I, I want to stress the fact that it's so easy to revert back to old ways of being. Yes, so really now we does. have access to those things again or once more. Um, many people will forget what it was like when they didn't have it. And it's important to write down what you're grateful for just to remind yourself, if nothing else, of what you didn't have a few months ago and how different life could be if it was still the same now. We were still in lockdown and still had limited foods to buy because it would be a whole different life then. Exactly. I agree totally with that. So the next one on our list is to change how you speak. So take stock of the vocabulary and phrases you use regularly, as you did in the first point where you wrote any negative thoughts. This time you're taking stock of what you actively say. You should also take note of your body language and your posture, avoid slouching and above all, smile. Really with this one, I have actively seen how I speak when I'm slouching or if I'm in a bad mood and I'm like, you know, bent over in my chair. How I speak at that point is very negative, very limited. It's not positive at all. When I sit upright, good posture, back straight, and I literally hold my chest up, I, straight away, my whole way of thinking and speaking changes. It matches my posture. So the two do come together hand in hand, body language and how you speak. So if your body language is really poor, how you speak will tend to be quite poor as well. Because if you're if you're feeling negative, it's, it's, it is reflected it in your posture. It comes out in your body. Yeah, you you do slouch. You slouch a lot, and and your face is. Um, yeah, your face changes. So your if you're feeling sad, changes, it would be hanging. It would be hanging down. Are, are all negative, and and if you're happy, you're, then you're smiling. Yeah. You're sitting upright, and your face is beaming, and your eyes are open. It's more wide, and it's more open communication. When you're feeling crap and you're feeling sad or angry, your whole body changes with that. So changing how you speak is really important. Be mindful of what words you use when you're speaking to yourself and Eliminate to other people. Can't. Take can't out of your vocabulary because can't is such a damaging and limiting word. And try. You don't ever try. No, nope, do. do. And I like that. So again, you don't try, you, you do. do. So... so for example, and try. I mentioned to a client a few weeks ago about going to the gym and we had a discussion and it was a case of I'm going to try to go. And I was like, no, you're not going to try. You're going to do. You are going to go to the gym. There was no trying because try and give space for things not to happen. I'll try and read that book. Your brain then hears, well, I could do it. I could not. But the chances are if I don't do it, what's the repercussions of that? Trying is a limited word. I am going I am going is telling you it's an action. It's act, it's actively telling yourself I am going to do something. It's more proactive. Yep. To say I am going, and it gives an idea of movement. If I'm I am going to do something, mm-hmm. then it's it's a, it's a proactive word. You're going yeah. to take action. Whereas oh, or I might, I might give space to it not happening. It's a fifty fifty chance that I might do it or I might mm-hmm. not, and that's not good enough because the brain will take that and run. So really, you've got to make sure you say, I will do this. I'm committed to doing that. I must take action. These are all words that will make sure that your brain hears you and does all the things it's supposed to do. That's the importance of changing one word in a sentence. It can make everything else go 360 with it. Yeah, and, uh, just like your body language as well. Mm-hmm. So definitely, definitely 
when you're feeling a negative thought come on yeah then it's all about catching yourself in that moment when you've said yep, that negative yep. word change it with something positive almost change your body after. language yeah change the way you speak and immediately replace the negative thought with a positive, positive one and it is all doable everything we're telling you is doable and it's how we practice as well it is how we live our life. And do you know what? It just reminds me of, obviously, me and Sian did this together. We are a team. We are a partnership. And there are so many people who have good friendship groups and so forth. It's about having an accountability partner. Tell a friend that you're trying to be more positive. And if they catch you being negative or saying something that's not, is, is untoward or something that's not really going to be helpful to you, get them to, to stop you from doing it and to say, hey, listen, stop doing that. Because a good friend and a good accountability partner will really help to stay on track. It's not always down to you. Sometimes having people and reaching out for help is a useful thing as well. Which brings us to and next one. Our <laughs> I final was thinking one, that. And it's talk to someone you trust. Mm-hmm. And the point in this is someone you trust, someone you know that will have your back. Yep. That will pull you up. Who wants you to do better. Who wants you to do better. That's a really key and thing And someone there. who... You can share your problems with, without judgments. Judgment. That do you know what? Because so many people have friends that they okay, they call them friends, but when a situation takes place and mm. they get a response from that friend, it's not something that's encouraging or helpful, and in fact, it's kind of scathing or puts them down. And then they realize that that person is not actually a friend after all. So it's about being mindful who you actually see as being a friend. That there's someone who actually does care about your progress and cares about how your life is going and, and is actively engaged in what you're doing and wants you to succeed. That's who you're going to try and put your trust in. Now, obviously... It, it could be, like we said, a friend. Yep. A family member. Mm-hmm. A therapist. Or it could be... Anyone. Or, oh, it could be... A, a life coach. A life coach. Like, yeah, a life coach. <laughs> So you want someone that will listen to your problems without judgment or recommendation, unless you ask for it. Yes, unless exactly. Unless you request it. So you could also pray, which I do. I, I do pray. too. We second that. We definitely do pray. And we do journal. It's important to write down, as you mentioned before. Or you could do engaging in your craft, a yep. craft that you love to do, or an art project around your feelings. Exactly. Once they're out there, you find yourself strangely unburdened by your negative thinking. So it's to basically find do something that you find flow, your outlet, find yeah. your flow, something that would take your mind off your negativity, or something that you can express your negative energy back, into, like back to exercise. Yep, which is the one that I will always, out of all these, turn to time and time again because I just know how good it makes me feel. Not only does it help my mood, it helps my body. So what's better than that? It's literally ticking two boxes at once. So exercise. It's your health yeah. your mind. It does your mind and body. All at the same time. So and lift your spirit as well. And lift your way. spirit. And it releases endorphins. The list is absolutely endless of all the good things that it does for your life. So just to recount that fantastic list of the five ways to dismiss negative thinking. Number one, we've got monitor your thoughts. Number two is exercise. Number three is practice gratitude. Number four is change how you speak. And number five is talk to someone you trust. Absolutely enjoyed this list. Absolutely enjoyed it. 
so true to life so many things that we practice actively and we want you to also revisit this list on our website because the list will be on our blog and just to see how you can implement these positive steps into your life so that you turn your negative thinking and your negative thoughts into more positive thoughts instead so get into the time to thrive podcast i'm sasha chantelle I'm Sienna Raymond. Thank you for listening. And remember, the podcast is available on a weekly basis on Women Who Slay at Coyote UK, on Anchor FM, Spotify, and an Apple podcast. It's been great. Love and light. And we'll catch you in the next one. Bye. Bye. Listen to It's Time to Thrive podcast. You're listening to It's Time to Thrive podcast.